0: Hello, and welcome back to the Life and Nurse podcast. Hope you all are having a great week, or, you know, great weekend when you're you're listening to this. Um, This past week, there has been a few things that have happened, but not a ton, so this might be a shorter episode than normal, but I do want to speak through a couple of um, new watch releases, as well as a theme that's sort of going around, at least with some of the releases that we've seen so far, and then... Um, chat through uh, just a current event that I think would be worth you checking out. So um, if you don't know, the LVMH Watch Week is going on right now in Miami, and a lot of brands are releasing or sort of kicking off the year with some releases of new watches that they are adding to their lines. Obviously, there are watches um, that people like, people dislike, um, but I thought I would start out with a piece that it's fairly iconic, um, at least in in watch collectors who enjoy looking back at the past, and that is uh, from Bulgari. So Bulgari is, um, obviously owned by LVMH and uh had a watch in the nineteen eighties called the Bulgari Bulgari, and it was essentially um a, a time and date or time only and t- and date watch that had uh, a really interesting bezel that sort of took inspiration, um from ancient rome uh it, sort of the coins uh the the the, the way that the, the 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 bezel was finished sort of took inspiration from coins from ancient rome and it was placed around the bezel and uh, created a really interesting design that um kind of spoke to i think the the, the zeitgeist of the 1980s and uh these watches were were um were sold in the 1980s and really, like I said, were iconic for that uh, time period. Um, and then I think they were discontinued. I'm not sure exactly when, but they were discontinued, and so they were not being produced at that time. But, uh, of course, as as you would have guessed, Bulgari decided to release a new version of the Bulgari Bulgari, um, this time in a 38mm case that has um, a yellow-gold case with a black dial, uh, black apply, or excuse me, uh, gold applied hour markers, a date at um, three o'clock with gold hands, and of course has that coin crafted, inspired uh, bezel that has Bulgari repeated on the, the name Bulgari repeated on the top and bottom. Um, the watch has these really interesting straight lugs that give it a very sort of minimalistic look, um, but really is a, a sort of an icon when it comes to the idea of design. Um, this, I think, was a, a really great move from them. It was obviously an iconic watch in its own right for the brand and I think for watch collecting in the 1980s. Um, as I mentioned, it sort of stands for a lot of the design elements that were put into these pieces then. Uh, the watch has an automatic movement, the BVL191 automatic movement with, uh 42 hours of power reserve it has 50 meters of water resistance and is going to be sold for around 13,000 US dollars. Um overall I think this is a really great move by by Bulgari I think it brings back obviously an iconic piece from their history uh mac, um, sort of maximizes it into a into a sort of relevant size and uh design aesthetic um for, for today's sort of customer customer base. And I think is another indication that Bulgari really knows what they're doing when it comes to their new watch releases on top of the Octos. I also think it is really important, uh, kind of speaking about the Octos, that they did release this because this now moves them away from, from any criticism of receiving that, that they could receive, where people might be saying, oh, this, Bulgari is only the Octo. Um, this obviously is going to give them an additional dimension to their lineup of watches, um, that can be iconic within the the sphere of collectors, and I think that's a very important and and um, a, a really smart move by the by the folks uh, at the at the company. And um, yeah, what can I say? I think this was a really smart move by them, and um, and uh, a nice looking piece. Uh, for me, it's it's really not kind of my aesthetic. I'm not really a fan of. Um, the the fact that Bulgari is written on on the bezel twice however if if I kind of put my sort of vintage or um, think about where this watch is really coming from I think I'd wear it a lot easier um, than if I just looked at it from like a modern piece that I would want to buy so a really nice piece nonetheless so that was one of the watches that released the next um, three watches I want to mention are a group that I'm kind of grouping into this theme that I want to discuss. So Tag Heuer released um, a Tag Heuer Carrera uh, Datto um, with a green dial. So what you have is a Carrera with um, a seconds hand. It's a chrono, so seconds, uh, excuse me, a 30-minute counter at 3 o'clock and a date at 9 o'clock. It has a green dial, though, uh, which is a new green dial it's pretty iconic um quite bright kind of a sunburst effect to it it's spherical though it's not kind of like the sunburst it's a spherical sort of finishing to the sunburst nature of the watch stainless steel case very very nice column wheel clutch their column wheel vertical clutch chronograph that's super super nice um it's the their automatic caliber th 20-07 so pretty pretty cool um pretty pretty cool piece so green dial on this piece um they also released a green dial chronograph uh tourbillon which is also um quite nice uh having the tourbillon on the watches is, is um is equally as nice um i think tourbillons at, at six o'clock have become extremely popular especially with the sort of rise of the the AP Royal Oaks with the with that there. There's also the Vacheron Overseas. So a fairly nice piece um, that kind of competes in that sort of range, or competes in that sort of aesthetic of watches. I think there's a lot of differences between those three pieces, but um, it's worth noting that at least they'll um, be spoken about in the same vein. Zenith also released um, and a couple of interesting watches. They released their uh, Chronomaster Sport lineup, and they've decided to release um, a Chronomaster Sport um, with uh, a green bezel and a green dial, and then they also released a um, a uh, 18 karat rose gold version of the of the watch with a meteorite dial and um, and a diamond bezel. So. Uh, meteorite bezels, diamond er, er, diamonds on the dial and the bezel have become quite popular recently. Um, but I want to sort of, you know, so that's one piece of it. Then there's also these Zenith Chronomasters, um, Chronomaster Sports with the with the green bezel and the green dial. I think they also come on a rubber strap that's green. And then the last piece I want to talk about is Hublot, who, go figure, released a, um, I mean, go figure, I'm saying that because I'm, I'm speaking about a theme here. Hublot released a Big Bang Big Bang Unico, um, that also is green. It's called um, this watch. Um, this watch is uh, made up of uh, what they call uh, uh, it's it, the it's spelled S A X E M. I actually have no idea how to pronounce it. I'll pronounce it Saxum because. Uh, which is short for Sapphire Aluminum Oxide and Rare Earth Minerals. Um, It's a sapphire... um, It's a... uh, uh, um, a, uh, uh, It uses that material to sort of create the case of this watch. It's obviously green. It's matched with a green strap and green accents on the dial in the hands. So interestingly, uh, it seems like a lot of brands are sort of you know, taking a turn to, um, this new color or this color of green in a lot of the new watches that they're releasing. Um, I'll also mention, you know, Zenith adding those, you know, the diamonds on the baguette diamonds on the dial with the meteorite dial, as well as the, um, the diamond uh, bezel is, um, obviously a trend that has been very, very popular and so it makes sense that they're sort of doing that. But it's interesting that there's sort of waves that come with each of the brands of releasing certain watches in certain colors. I think it was blue kind of uh, for for a long time. I think green has now become quite popular. Um I think when Rolex released their um their uh their Oyster Perpetuals um those become became those sort of colors became extremely popular, so um, I think brands obviously go through cycles of what colors they want to um, be popular in their lineup of watches, and I have nothing against that. I but I but I. Um, I would stress with these brands that you know changing colors on, on on the dial or the bezels of these watches can't be all of it. You know, and I know we're only on in the first week of or the first month of the of the year, so there's plenty more that they can release, and I'm sure that they're thinking about this. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else uh, Tag Heuer Zenith and um, Hublot release. Uh, it's it's um, a nice. Some of these watches look really nice. I actually think the uh, the 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 the. The Carrera Terbion is actually extremely extremely nice. I'm also a fan of the Zenith with the with the baguette diamond um, dial and the meteorite dial. Um, I'm not a you know rose gold might be a little bit too much for me, but I do like it. It feels a little bit more simplistic compared to the like the the the, the rainbow Daytona's. So eas- easily a uh, um uh, 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 so, some some favorites were released, uh, and I'll put links in the show notes to all of these watches so you can you can check out the pictures of, of them. The last thing I wanna mention is just a, an event that's taking place in New York City. If you are located in in the New York City area, I'd recommend that you um, you uh, attend and participate. Um, the uh, HSNY is putting on their February event, which is called The Making of History, uh, behind the scenes at Zenith's Heritage Department. And um, Lorenzia uh, Bodeman, the head of heritage at Zenith, will, and uh, I apologize if I pronounced your name incorrectly, but she's the uh, Her- head of heritage at zenith will present a behind the scenes look at the brand's collection spans who's a, a, a behind the scenes look at the uh, the brand whose collection spans over 3000 linear feet of archives and 5000 timepieces you'll have an opportunity to learn about zenith's storied history how they secured their spot in the world of watchmaking and how they are shaping the making of watchmaking history at large I spoke about Zenith, you know, with the with their new releases, but I do think Zenith has an incredible history that is worth um, understanding and researching, and and being able to um, speak knowledgeably about. If you are interested in watches, uh, they definitely produce um, some some incredibly important watches in the history of watchmaking, and even today, I think they're doing some really great things, and I think. Brands who excel in today's society or today's sort of collecting sphere are brands that ensure that they have a huge tie to their heritage, which I think this talk will be all about, but continue to uh, um, evolve and sort of create the heritage of today. And in 50 years, I, I, you know, when I'm old, I want to be able to look back and say, oh, I remember when I was younger Zenith released this watch and it was... Iconic, it was important for the heritage of the brand. It moved the brand forward in the right direction and really kept them on the cutting edge of whether it 's uh, watch design watch making engineering case, case design case manufacturing that 's what the brands that I think are really important so i 'm excited to to to, um, to see how this talk goes i 'll leave a link in the show notes if you are not a part of the Horological Society of New York. I really encourage you to to join because if you, um, if you want to learn about watchmaking and be a part of supporting um, sort of today's watchmaking, I think it's an incredible society to be a part of. So I'll leave a link in the show notes um, for, for you to see the, the website and also the event that's going to be taking place. Um, I also think it's a great place to meet people uh, who are interested in watches just like you are. Um, so there's tons of pros about joining the Horological Society of New York. If I haven't pitched it up enough, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'm not going to be convincing you. But um, please, I, I uh, you know, if you are interested in it, um, check out the show notes if you if you so desire. I think we'll call that a wrap for this uh, week's episode. I hope you enjoyed some of the watches we spoke about. Um, let me know in the you can hit us up on our Instagram or on our website if you want to talk about any of the topics that we discussed in this. Uh, podcast love to chat about watches so d- don't feel uh, shy or, or or anything please uh, send us a message and we'd love to love to chat about watches there'll be links in the show notes to life on the the life on the wrist youtube channel and all of our social media accounts if you want to get some more content from life on the wrist you can head over to all those links in the show notes of this podcast with that said guys thank you so much for uh, listening to this podcast and i will see you in the next one